Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Pharrell on a bench with you. So um, Mafia is running it. The uh, guy with the rubber glove was surprisingly gentle. Anyway, uh, a couple things that uh, broke tonight that I thought were of significance, one of which was Joey Bosa's deal with the uh, Chargers. He got a fat deal, five years, $135 million. And now, um, I mean, that guy, uh, he's locked in there. So uh, the next six years, he had $78 million fully guaranteed at signing and $102 million guaranteed a new defensive record in the NFL. And he's going to be playing in L.A. for the next six years. I think he's an awesome player. I actually believe that I know no one would uh, agree with me, but that's also fine. I think that Oh, there's a breakaway and a how about a penalty shot? You're not gonna give him the penalty shot, just gonna give him the hook. And he crashes into the goalie. Flames will go on the power play. Guy could have uh gotten killed on that play. The violence of, of this game so far, I'm already seeing. So anyway, uh Bosa, I believe, is an anchor on this team. And then they have Justin Herbert, right? And I think that they've actually got two really nice pieces that I think they can build on in Lipstick City. They got a new stadium. So five people are like, oh, it's the it's the Rams stadium. Yeah, whatever. The Giants and Jets play at MetLife, and these two are going to play at SoFi. People uh, say that the Chargers have no fans. They'll have fans if they win, just like every team in sports. You win, people show up. You win, people jump on the bandwagon. You win, you got fans. Know that. We'll tell you the other story coming back on the bench. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. 
And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Actually, uh, I think the uh, Chargers, um, when you have a player that good on defense coming off the uh, outside and, you know, going after quarterbacks and sacking as many quarterbacks as he does and, and as many tackles as he makes and plays that he makes, he's a game changer. And, you know, his brother's going to be that way too, right? But the bottom line is, is that I think Herbert's going to be good. I actually believe in Herbert. Look, if the kid Locke can do well in Denver, which he's proving he can, right? No one ever thought anything of Drew Locke when he was at Missouri. That's just all there is to it. No one ever talked about him. They were like, whatever, Missouri Tiger football. Give me a break. They suck. And that's just all there is to it. And so people didn't think anything of him. But he's proving that he can play football with the Denver Broncos, is he not? I mean, for a young quarterback, the guy's made some uh, serious progress, I think. Unless, you know, I spent years with the Steelers, you know, to be honest, traveling and and going to games and being around an NFL team every day. Um, I've been around a lot of uh, football teams, college and pro, been around a lot of hockey teams, covered a lot of sports, covered a ton of baseball inside organizations. And I can tell you that the way they see things, here's a couple examples. One, they look at a quarterback that they draft as a project of, of time, in essence. They, they evaluate them as they progress each year. Each season is a whole new yardstick in terms of their measurement of their talent, right? There's no denying it. When they got a guy for four years, they're going to let you know year to year where you're at. They're not shy. They don't mince words they'll bring you in and tell you you've seen some of this stuff unlike the cheesy hard knocks thing i i get it it probably wins awards the show that's fine i don't watch it but i know on there i've seen in passing you know changing the channel oh look there's another guy getting cut in a meeting with the coach or or look there's a guy getting yelled at by coaches in a meeting or look they're in the film session getting yelled at by coaches here's the deal they uh, expect just enormity out of these guys. They expect success and they expect growth. They expect you to keep getting better. And if you don't, they'll get rid of you. And then, like, for instance, I'm watching this guy, uh, Yuri Gurriel, right? He plays for the uh, cheating Astros. And 
here's another guy. I keep thinking to myself and I'm watching him play. I'm like, well, he's been there for a little bit now. Uh, he knows how to win. He's won. He's done well on a team loaded with talent. But it gets to a point where what they do is if you even slip a little, if you even fade a little, if you even, I mean, a, a hint of it, like, you know, like a hint of salt when you're cooking in the kitchen, a hint of failure, a couple of slumps, a bad season, a bad season will kill you. You have to be, frankly, wildly consistent at the pro level to either survive or to start. You know what I mean? You could make it as a pro riding the sidelines or the bench or sitting uh, scratched up in the press box, sitting next to Pharrell and Mafia at the game. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you could be that guy or you could be at the, you know, at the end of the bench in the NBA, never getting any burn and still getting that paycheck. And what they do in baseball is the minute Gurriel, let's say, cause he's still a good player. There's no getting around it, but the minute he's not, they're going to get rid of him. They'll trade him. And they, when they meet in meetings, they talk about, we're not going to sign this guy again. We're not spending more money on him. I'm not saying that's the case with Guriel. They may love him. He might have three years left, four years. I don't even know. I'm just using an example of how they think and how they treat players. They're like, um, they're like soldiers. They literally own them. You sign up for the army. You go to the army. They own you. They own your ass. Once they sign you and pay you millions of dollars and you're a starter, and you're like a badass playing professional sports, what happens is they, they just see how you're doing. And if you're not putting up and raking numbers, they just get rid of you, trade you, cut you, release you. It doesn't matter. Oh, here we go. Dodgers and uh, Joe Kelly talking smack with Carlos Correa. It's starting right now. It's starting right now. Oh, it's starting right now. We got a little, we got a little something brewing right now. They're coming out. Here it goes. Here we go. We got something going. Let's go. Let's see if someone throws. It's all. Oh, Gurriel's in the middle of it. Correa's in the middle. Of it. The cheating Astros in the middle of it. Mafia. How do you like this on the bench tonight? Dodgers and Astros making early friendships in the sixty-game campaign. Umpires in the middle of it. Everyone discussing international. No punches thrown within six feet of each other. Come on. Social distance, guys. COVID, COVID laws. They're studying the international COVID laws by not getting too close to one another. They're all arguing. Some of them have masks on. If you this want to fight worst. baseball right now, it has to be like a jet, you know, the Jets and Sharks, like a dance fight. And uh, what side story? That's all you can this do. This is the worst. This is the worst fight I ever saw. Nothing happened. And then your boy, I just saw your boy, uh, Carrot Top, Dustin May. I think he's pitching tomorrow. There's Dusty in the middle of it. Dusty Rock in a mask. How about well, how Dusty? That if, uh, Astros getting fight tomorrow. Half team test positive for COVID. Out for season. How about uh, they gave Dusty an extension already? He's managed four games and he's he already got an extension. They're, they're how keeping long him can he possibly coach at his age? As long as the broadcasters keep doing play by play in every sport till they're ninety. You mean that kind of age? Because Dusty's like seventy one. There's a lot less stress broadcasting the games than managing them. 
I don't know about that. Uh, nowadays, like, does it look like he couldn't manage and sit on that uh, dugout wall all day and uh, spit? I mean, oh, you're not allowed to spit anymore. And that's another thing. I've seen all kinds of players spitting. There's no way. I always told you on the shows, uh, coast to coast and pro on a bench, there's no way. It's impossible. It's it's utterly impossible to stop spitting in football, baseball, or hockey. That's just all there is to it. Now, there's no one, there's no guys luging up on the uh, NBA court. I can guarantee you that. But uh, believe me, they're doing it over on the bench. They're doing it like wherever they can. Right. They'll just spin a cup like they always did. Right, right, right. But in, but on these other ones, on the ice, on the football field, on a baseball field, like I've seen at least 25 guys spit in the last two days. And I'm seeing guys spitting right at the pitcher, toward the pitcher in the batter's box, straight out at the pitcher. Just they just load up and 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 do it. Now here's the thing, your boy Joe Kelly talking to Correa, which is pretty funny because, like honestly, like Joe Kelly is such a wussy looking dude, and he was being such a D to Correa. He was making funny childish faces at him. He was doing, he made little, he made childish, like, he gave him like a kiss and he literally gave him uh, gibberish, like childish gibberish is what Joe Kelly did. Joe Kelly didn't yell, Pharrell, you, or I'll beat your ass, or let's go right now, let's do it. He literally acted like a child to Correa. And Correa just looked at him like, I will beat your skinny pole ass. This I mean, is like Joe a little Kelly, kid. I know what you are, but what am I? He gave him one of those. But but Joe Kelly looks like such an absolute wuss bag. Like, honestly, Dusty Baker beat his ass. Dusty's over there arguing with the uh, umpires, which I find entertaining since there's zero fans at the uh, Minute Maid. You know why? No fans at the games. But managers like to argue with umpires to do two things, to rile up the crowd and to get their uh, players riled up. And that's all there is to it. That was the worst baseball fight I ever saw. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So anyway, I guess originally uh, Joe Kelly threw at Bregman's head with about a 96 mile an hour heater. And then he started talking trash to 
Correa. And then he made all these childish faces like, what are you going to do? And I was like, you know what? You're going to get your ass beat talking gibberish. So here's the deal. Errol Spence, Dallas's finest, unified champ, former junior welterweight and welterweight titleist Danny Garcia are going to fight. Pay-per-view in the fall. No date yet, but in the fall, which uh, they need to do the final numbers, but uh, they're saying it's going to take place allegedly at the uh, Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. But PBC, which promotes, Al Heyman does promote Spence, uh, and both fighters, obviously, has uh, put holds on other venues around the country as it monitors the uh, COVID pandemic and guidelines in place for each state. Spence, of course, uh, I've been to some of his fights. I was at the uh, Porter fight. He beat him in uh, a tough fight at the Staples Center in L.A. I was there for that. Spence uh, came to the bottom as the IBF titleist, earned the WBC belt with the win. Uh, of course, he crashed his... Uh, Lambo or whatever in Dallas suffered serious injuries, including facial lacerations and a broken jaw. Everybody remembers that, right? Danny Garcia, Philly's finest, 36-2, and two, was a champ at junior welterweight and a world titleist at welterweight. In the most recent fight, he uh, beat uh, this guy, Red Cack, in 12 rounds. I watched the fight. It was terrible. It's like he's fighting bums now, and we're supposed to be impressed by it. Spence is number one in the world, and Garcia, number six. Of course, Pacquiao, the WBA champ, Terrence Crawford, the WBO champ in the division. Spence, everybody wants to see Spence and Crawford fight, but they avoid each other like the plague. And they talk bad about each other, which is just common business in boxing. But now we're going to get Spence Garcia in the fall in Los Angeles. You know I'll be there. So anyway, here's the deal. Spence will beat Danny Garcia's ass. I like Danny. He's been on the show. He's a tough fighter. There's no doubt uh, he'll show up and fight. He'll throw hands. There's no doubt about that, but um, he's he's got some mileage on him, and I got to tell you, I don't think he'll be able to handle uh, Errol Spence's speed and precision. Cuts like a knife, and unless unless he was so banged up in that car crash, so many injuries, so many uh, things, broken jaws, all the rest, unless that's uh, you know long gone and out of his system if that's still lingering injuries like if he's still got problems from that car crash let's say you know headaches who knows dizzy vertigo who knows what he's got if he's completely free of that bondage then he'll kill danny garcia 
if he's still got the goods after that car crash doing 105 miles an hour in the middle of the night in Dallas, if he's still got it, he'll kill him. Mavi, you've been to an Errol Spence fight. He destroyed Mikey Garcia in Dallas. Yeah, I've been to Spence fights. I've been to Garcia fights. And Garcia is, you know, a good fighter. He's a quick guy. But against a guy like Spence, who not only has the speed, but also the power, you know, he just doesn't match up well enough for me. He's a guy that's going to outpoint you. If you get enough shots to your head, eventually he might put you down. But I don't think Spence is a guy that he can deal with. You know, he, we've seen him, you know, lose to the upper echelon of the division and Keith Thurman. We've seen him lose to Sean Porter. You know, both guys that, you know, we saw Spence handle Porter pretty easily. It was a good fight, but he didn't have any trouble with him. So I don't think he's going to have much trouble with Garcia. Oh, he's not. He's he's so much better than uh, Danny now. It would take a miracle from God, uh, like, a, you know, Chuck Zito puncher's chance. Danny's got the potential to land a big bomb. There's no doubt he can hurt you, rock you, put you down. But uh, I don't know if Errol Spence is on his game and he's healthy and he's clear and he's got no lingering side effects from that car crash. He'll destroy Danny Garcia. If they if they let that fight go 12 rounds, like in other words, if it's a decision, it'll be unanimous. And if it goes the distance, all Errol uh, Spence is going to do to him all night is destroy him. He's going to break him down. He's going to chew him and spit him out. That's it. That'll be right, a done deal. Like with the Mike Garcia, another situation where a guy comes in and he's a great you know boxer in his own right, but he's just not on his level and he's going to make him look silly. That's it. He's just too quick, too fast, too physical. He's too smart. You know, I think Spence and, and Crawford are on the same par. They're in concert with one another in terms of talent. That's the fight that everybody wants to see. I'm telling you, Errol Spence would absolutely put Manny Pacquiao in a coffin. I'm telling you, I know everyone thinks Manny Pacquiao still got it. Because he's gone, whatever, six and one, you know, since the five and one, since the horn fight, whatever it is. All I know is, and I know he got the belt. I know he's uh, impressed people. People are like, it's just amazing. He's 40. It's just absolutely amazing. I'm telling you, uh, I think he's really good. I get it. That's fine. Manny's had a brilliant career. Spence will eat him alive. If they put him in the in the ring with Spence, forget about it. He'll lose. Remember, he got his ass beat by Floyd Mayweather, and he then started saying his shoulder hurt. Right? He's like he got destroyed, but his it was his shoulder. He didn't want to let the fans down and people back in the Philippines, so he fought him with a, a torn shoulder. Sure, uh, he got his ass beat, and when he goes up to that level. To, you know, because he's at the highest level himself. But like, if he's here uh, on the highest level, let's go nose high. Floyd Mayweather's eyebrows above him, right? He's just better. And, and if Manny Pacquiao at 40s, nose level, mustache level, then Errol Spence is literally top of the forehead better. Because when Mayweather fought him, it was late in his career, you know, as he was approaching 50 wins, right? But bottom line is, Errol Spence is young, and Errol Spence is no joke. He does not mess around. He will 
he will do what he does to you. And it'll be his night, his way, all night. That'll be that. Against now, let me ask you this, Scotty. Because, you know, we're both sitting here saying that he's going to make, you know, easy work of Garcia, that he's not on his level, and that he should be fighting a guy like Crawford. Do you think he's not fighting Crawford, A, because he doesn't want to mess up his record and thinks he might lose, so let's go with the guy who I think I can handle? Or do you think this is, you know, a different scenario, and B, where he says, you know what, I've been out of the ring for a while, I got screwed up because of that car accident, I need to really, you know, get back into form and make sure I'm at the same level I was before I did that stupid idiotic thing and nearly killed myself. So let me go and handle a guy like Garcia to make sure I'm at the right level before I go fight Crawford. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's the latter. I think he's, uh, he's, you know, coming back from the car crash. He needs to get in a fight. He needs to get some work in. He needs to get paid. He'll still make, um, you know, several million. And then he'll raise the profile and portfolio for the big money fight with Crawford. They both know the longer they hold out and keep winning against everyone in their path, the more valuation it gives their fight. Uh, Crawford and, and Spence is the biggest fight ever for either one of them at that weight at at this time, right? They're two of the best in the world, bar none. And it's time to put them in the ring together. So that's what they're doing. Eventually you saw, right? We, we were supposed to see Wilder and uh, Joshua, right? But Joshua is fighting Fury because Fury beat Wilder's ass. He beat him so bad that I truly believe that he's scared of him now. He'll lie through his teeth and tell you uh, he wore a he wore a costume out from the you know entering the ring from the locker room. It weighed fifty pounds, and he was uh, it tired him out. He stood in the ring with it on for twenty five minutes before the fight started with all their BS they do in the ring before the fights. And he said uh, that's why he lost the fight. He lost the fight because of. Anything but that. He got his ass beat is how he lost the fight. He got bombs away by Fury, just absolutely destroyed him and and ripped his head off. He literally almost killed him. And so you don't take a beating like that. Trust me, you people. I've been to 100 title fights now. You don't take a beating like that and not have some kind of fear for that guy's hands hitting you again. You know, you never forget a guy that beats your ass like that. Whether it's in the schoolyard, playing hockey, whether it's at the basketball courts, whether it's in the hood, whether it's over some chick, you get your ass beat. You remember that, dude. Believe me, you. It's Pharrell on the bench. some of these games. Blue Jays beat the Nationals uh, 5-1. Tanner Roark, uh, one earned run over five innings. There you go. Tellez, a couple RBIs. Tigers over the Royals, 4-3. Garcia, two earned runs over three innings. Zimmer, one earned run over two innings. Merrifield had three RBIs, all three runs for the Royals. Uh, Tigers were favored in that one. Cubs beat the Reds 8-5. Mills, two earned runs over six innings. Baez, three RBIs. Cubs were uh, getting money plus like a buck 14. 
somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, Rays beat the Braves. Wright gave up five earned runs over two and two-thirds. So he got lit up for Atlanta. Indians beat the White Sox 5-3. I think that was uh, the second game of the doubleheader. They swept the doubleheader. Rondon, five earned runs over three and two-thirds. He got lit up by Cleveland. They won the first game as well. But uh, tonight, the Pirates beat the Brewers 8-6. Scored two runs in the bottom of the seventh. uh, Tied it up and then uh, got a two-run homer by Frazier to win it. And then uh, Mets beat the Red Sox 8-3. Peterson, two earned runs over five and two-thirds. McNeil, a couple RBIs. Mets were favored. They went at 8-3. Twins beat the Cardinals 6-3. Bailey, two earned runs over five innings. Polanco, two RBIs. I told you, uh, the Dodgers right now, the last time I checked, they're up 6-2 in Houston. Uh, Benches cleared. Nothing happened. Joe Kelly threw it. Uh, Bregman, then he uh, talked smack with... Correa and the bench is empty, but Joe Kelly was acting like an idiot. He really was. Uh, like, is there anything worse than the skinny guy that can't beat anybody up, but he uh, dodges behind his team? <laughs> he gets behind all the big guys on the team. Like, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to stand over here behind these big guys on the team. <laughs> right, just because you throw a pitch, you throw a punch. Right, that, but he talked like he could throw a punch. The Diamondbacks lead the Rangers four to one in the eighth, bottom of the eighth. Texas has a runner on first. The Angels lead the Mariners six two in Anaheim, which is in Orange County. It's a it's a town called Anaheim. It's not Los Angeles. I just wanted to say that. I'm going to say that as much as possible on this show, especially when I get on in L.A. We'll see how they like them apples. Rockies lead the A's five two. Bottom six, Padres 5-3 in San Francisco, end of the sixth. How about the Padres? Are are they, do you think, Mafia, uh, do you think there's something brewing in San Diego with the Padres, with the talent that they have and a little bit of the pitching they have, Paddock? They, uh, you know, all of a sudden, what are they, four or five? I mean, they're just winning. Yeah, they're winning so far. I, I'm not going to uh, buy into it too early. You know? uh, exciting, obviously. And uh, I agree with you. So far, they're starting good, but I'm not going to buy into it just yet. I think we need to see them another week or so before I'm going to start getting in on this. You know, see them play the Dodgers and see them play, you know, maybe the, the Astros or something like that where we can say, okay, this is like a legit team. Okay, well, so, yeah, they're beating bad teams. But then again, uh, you got to win games. It doesn't matter who you play. Everything's uh, every night, in my opinion, in sports, you know, people think it's like uh, the whole theory of, you know, uh, the NFL when they, the schedules come out and all of the fans like win, 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 loss, win, 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 loss, win, win, win. Ah, we're 13 and three. Automatic. And then, you know. In baseball, you think you're going to win every night, and come hell or high water, the bullpen always uh, opens up the door to the dam, right? (laughs) I mean, it's really a huge part of the game. As much as uh, guys that can kick field goals late in games and in overtime uh, can affect your career 
and uh, leave you in a shrink's office. Kicking, punting, all that's important. Bullpens are crucial. Obviously, you know that. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. But you never know. Like, Mafia, one of those teams is going to, you know, there's going to be three or four of them, in my opinion, that we didn't expect to do well that will do well. It's like everyone buying the Reds. Everyone in the world's on the on the Reds. And I actually, I have to see it to believe it because I still think they suck. And I'll believe it when I see them winning every, you know, uh, four of every six or, you know, six of every eight, something like that. If you get hot like that, win seven of 10, eight of 10, then you're up to something. I won't deny you're right. It's super early. But hey, out of the gates, they have won the games. And that's all that matters. I don't care who you play. Every game when you're. It, it seems as though they're all easy, but every game in professional sports is hard because the other team's got a payroll and they got a salary cap. They got whatever in sports and where they're all pros and they can all do it. These games, why do you think the NFL is what it is? Well, a lot of it's gambling. And then the other reason is because there's pros on both sides that make a lot of money that perform at a high level, generally speaking, right? So yeah, you're right. I mean, who who knows? I mean, they do have some talent on that team, and you never know, especially going on with this coronavirus stuff. You know what's going to happen? I mean, the Ashes already lost Verlander probably for the whole season with his injuries that could hurt them. The Dodgers are a team that if you get an injury too, they could probably sustain it. But some of these other teams out west, they might start falling off. I mean, even Houston, we saw already saw Miami in you know the hotbed of COVID get all of a sudden have the team wiped out. Who knows what happens to Houston now? Of course. We were hearing from your boy Nightingale that apparently Miami's in this problem because they were stupid and Atlanta decided to go out and hit the club or do whatever they did out of the hotel. And that's why this spread throughout the team. But you never know with the COVID and what's going on with the world, how this is ending up. So you think they went to like some strip club or something and partied and got the Honta? Your boy Nightingale said on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh today on our, uh, our boy Pony show that I apparently heard at least one, if not multiple marlins left the hotel when they were playing exhibition games and that's why they're sick they just couldn't uh keep it in their pants before the season exactly. even started this is like halfway through the season like oh man they're really getting cabin fever here like they've been locked up for what two weeks and they couldn't deal with it they've been locked up for not even uh, uh two weeks it's been a week and then uh what is uh you know the bottom line is is that they can't they can't go without they, and I'm talking about everything, food, booze, women, partying, because that's what they do. And no one wants to admit it. You know, it's so funny. I, now, there are a lot of players, I get it, that are family men and they're Christian and whatever. There's a lot of that. You, you, you'd be shocked if you saw how much of that there is, the whole religion thing and everything. But uh, the deal is, is that, um, they, a lot of them want to go party <laughs> and I'm telling you, I know firsthand, <laughs> I'm telling you, cause I partied with them and, uh, you're not allowed to party with the players. You're, you're not allowed to fraternize with the players. And I said, well, Pharrell that. Said, well, you know, Scott, they were, that. So it's possible Lou Williams just told him about the wings and then decided to go to magic city for a bit. Yeah. Listen. I've already told you I've had some great meals in strip clubs, but uh, it, no matter where I went on the road in the NHL, I could literally get players on both teams to show up and party with me. 
because I knew players on both teams. So if they would play, they hate each other's guts and they punch each other in the mouth the whole night. And then I say, yo, I'm going here afterwards. If you want to, if you want to come over there and have a, a beverage or two or 10, and then uh, all hell breaks loose from that point forward. I did all that. So there's no getting around it. <laughs> so I believe that I know for a fact they go out and party and Here's another reason they go out and party because they have millions of dollars. They can do whatever they want. When they go out, they go out large. They don't just go out. They go out large, larger than life. Uh, now, I know the restaurants are all closed and, you know, people are social distance and, and cities are shut down and states are shut down. But sounds to me like the strip clubs in Atlanta are wide open. And ready to go. There's no problem there. The strip clubs are rocking. And they got the food rocking in there as well. And they just couldn't stay away from it. They couldn't. They can't live without partying. Because a lot of them do it. And they have money to burn. Lots of it. And when I, I mean to tell you, when they make it rain, they make it rain like you've never seen. If they choose to party. Now... Anyone that believes Lou went for chicken wings only is you got to be just so easy to fleece <laughs> in terms of, you know, fleecings and everything. I would I would recommend, uh, you know, if you're that stupid, I would recommend fleecing you, too, to be honest. But I think Lou went in there to get everything he could get <laughs> when he went in there. You know, there's always when you go into the strip club, you always have some kind of motivation to be there. Right. There's no just, hey, I think I'll just go sit in the strip club. No, you got uh, you got intentions that aren't good when you go in there, whether it's getting some strange, getting some uh, wings or getting some blow. <laughs> I mean, it's all happening in there. Believe me, you it's all happening in there. I just know Mafia will tell you that it's not a good idea to get me to go to the strip club when I'm doing like college football picks on a Friday night in like Vegas. <laughs> it's not a good idea to invite me to the strip club because remember Mafia? I was like at the strip club and I was trying to do my picks and these chicks are all over me and I'm like, get off of me. Get away from me. Busy. Yes, I do remember my, that. You were not a delight to be around. There were no 20s popping out of your pockets. I'm not going upstairs. I remember I was like, here, take the money just to get away from me. Here's money to get away from me. How's that sound? Leave me alone. I'm not your friend. I'm not your lover. I'm doing betting right now. I'm busy betting. I'm getting bets ready for Saturday college football. Leave me alone. I can't even see in here. Give me a lighter. Give me a flashlight. Give me something. I don't ever remember having a steak in Vegas at the strip club. But they got him in Atlanta, the restaurants in the strip club. So I'm sure he did get the wings at the Magic City. Yeah, there's too many good steak places all over Vegas to go to a strip club for it. That's true. But, you know, we go to both, the really good restaurant and the strip club. <laughs> right, but one at a time. You need your focus on the steak or focus on the ladies. You can't do both. I can. I just wanted to say that uh, I, I serve up my my name as one that is able to do both at the same time and uh, juggle uh, four balls at the same time and be completely baked. Are we on the air?
Test one, two, Roger Vector. <laughs> uh, Listen, I don't want on my porterhouse. That's just me. Here's Mookie. You want what with a porterhouse? Said, I don't want glitter on my porterhouse, but that's just me. Yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? I'll take some kosher salt on it, though. Good steak and a salty steak. Ooh, I'm getting hungry right now thinking about it. You know what I had tonight for dinner? I had fried chicken, man. I love fried chicken, too. Ooh, I love that. Uh, if the if the skin is cooked and it's it's got, you know, super crispy. Ooh, that good fried chicken, son. There's no joke right there, son. <laughs> you got to get ready for some of that fried chicken, son. This ain't no junk. <laughs> Pharrell on the bench. When we come back, we'll talk to your boy, Marenzi. On a bench. All right, Sports Rage comes up top of the hour, and I'll uh, turn double nickels top of the hour, and 34C is under the weather bad. So I'm not getting any leg anytime soon. So on my birthday, double nickels, I'm like Michael Jordan, like took over the garden with a double nickel. I'm getting a double nickel, and I'm just like losing hair, getting older. Going to the bathroom too much. Uh, I still got game. I scored a thousand points today playing baseball, but I have nothing else. Hey, uh, Marenzi, uh, what do you think? Uh, uh, Lincoln Riley, a new six year deal. Uh, everybody's dying everywhere, but they got plenty of money down in Norman to give uh, Lincoln Riley. And then um, uh, Harold looks like he's not going to go at all in that Clipper Laker game Thursday. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Lincoln Riley says all the right uh, things. He's done everything that he possibly can do uh, in um, in Norman, except uh, obviously win a championship. Listen, man, when Bob Stoops surprisingly, re- you know, stepped down when he did, people were like, "Who the hell is this kid? Is this kid going to be able to uh, to run this program?" And he is. Look, he's a quarterback uh, factory uh, right now. He just needs to close the deal and win a championship. But he's a hard guy not to like. I, I like Lincoln Riley. And then, uh, Harold, what do you think of him uh, not being in the lineup for that Clipper-Laker game? And I I still think Davis will play with the eye scratch. You know, this game, people are getting very excited about it because it's such a marquee matchup, but it's a meaningless game, man. You know, the the playoffs are in mid-August. The finals are in October. Guys like Kawhi and LeBron aren't going to be losing sleep uh, if they lose uh, this basketball game. I'm more looking forward to that Pelican and Jazz game just because it does count. And I want to see what the Pelicans can do if they can crash the party and get to the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Marenzi, have a great show, brother. I'll see you tomorrow on Coast to Coast. All right, uh, Mafia, good job. Uh, I'm out of here. Very concerned about not getting any leg on my birthday, though. No problem. Maybe I'll eat a pint of sorbet and some oval Redenbacher. Good night.